Shimmy Jimmy Wimmy, it's Hotline League episode 78. Uh, we got some some very special guests with us tonight. Uh, we'll get to that in first in just a second. But first off, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the episode. We're going to talk more about them uh, as we get maybe about halfway into the show. Uh, we're a little late this week, which is un unlike it uh, us. I apologize. You know, I know you guys expect us to start sometimes even early. Uh, but this time it was just a little late. I'm joined, of course, by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. Mark, how's it going? I'm getting Discord sounds out of my uh, monitor. So it's uh, not going great. Okay. Well, <laughs> hopefully you can get that figured out. I'm trying out. to do some last-minute fixes to this so I can, I can get through this whole thing without my misphonia making me want to rip my ears out. Fantastic. Uh, Travis, I think you just died. It pops back. I see oh, checking a lot of Fs. It, they, yeah. they do that every now and then. I don't believe it. But they, they can hear <laughs> us right now. It's uh, a really well-coordinated prank. We also have uh, our first guest, and he won't be here the whole night because uh, Mark and him don't get along very well. But our first no. guest is Sherman from Riot. How's it going, Sherman? Good. How are you? Pretty good. A returning guest. You've been on the show, what, a year ago? Yep. Okay. Well, welcome back. Uh, for Thank those you of you that, me. or for those that don't know, do you want to explain what your role is at Riot? Sure. Um, so I've been at Riot for about five years. Uh, always kind of headed up our our college esports efforts. Um, everything from what does the season and championship look like to how do conferences get involved or why do schools build varsity programs, um, and kind of work with the rest of the team to help uh, figure out uh, the best way to go about that. Awesome. And you guys just recently had an event take place, right? Yeah, we just completed the college championship a week ago. Awesome. How did it go? It was great. It was actually so it was our sixth sixth one, and I think it was uh, our most successful one in, in several years, uh, from viewership, from just kind of every everything that we set out to do. Um, so we were really happy with it. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Mark, are you? Is your how's your technical stuff coming along? I'm gonna die, but okay. that's uh, it's not gonna get any better. So okay, well, hopefully this week uh, we can get stuff resolved. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk Sherman, about. Did you watch uh, opening week of LCS? Just curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for some of half of day one and watched from home uh, so all day one. We can throw an LCS caller at you if we need to. If you absolutely need to. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want a detailed breakdown of what went wrong. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Sherman will be on the show for about the first 45 minutes of it. Um, maybe maybe down to a little bit less now. But uh, we will then be joined by Commissioner Greeley from the LCS, who oversees all the stuff there. So we have both college and LCS uh, on the show this evening, which is fantastic. Uh, so first off, uh, Mark, how have you been, though? What's been going on with you? What do you think of the first week? Uh, I was, uh, I don't know how to put it. Like, both happy and sad with it. Um, happy because I think we have a really fun meta. I think there's a lot of fun teams to watch. Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed the weekend overall and thought, you know, there's a lot to talk about in the games and things like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know how much is different than spring. So I'm kind of like up in the air on if I'm really enjoying it or not. It's hard and, to say. And you're just saying because it feels like the results look about the same from what we've seen. 
Right, like, yes, FlyQuest went 0-2, but they're against playoff teams, and maybe their drafts are a little weird, or they, they were playing scared, but, like, skill-wise, they look pretty confident. C9 looks great. TSM came out and laid a turd the first game and, and looked a little weak in the second, but, like, do I really think TSM's going to drop? Like, maybe they go to fourth. Like, that would be the biggest upset I see. Team Liquid, from what I understand heading in, didn't really care, still beat TSM, and then dropped the game versus Echo Fox, where they started great, and then kind of just, like, I think just assume they were going to win and kind of IG themselves where they're like, we're the better team. We'll win from here and stop, you know, really pressing hard. So I don't know. Uh, I think, I think Echo Fox played great too. I don't want to take anything away from them. So yes, there were some upsets, which I enjoyed seeing in a best of one sense. And like I said, like I thought all that was really cool. And I thought the games play itself is fun, but I didn't see anything where I was like, wow, Cody's son really turned clutch gaming around or like amazing and Soligo look fantastic. Optics completely revital. You know, like none of that stuff felt that way. Right. Sherman, did you have any thoughts on opening weekend? You said you were watching it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I thought it was pretty exciting. Um, I was mostly just glad that it's back. Uh, I got really into the end of MSI and was uh, really hyped on LCS finals in spring. Um, so I, I was just happy to, to, to have it back. Uh, I watched a lot of it through ProView, shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it was pretty, it was a pretty exciting weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about ProView with, uh, Greeley when he gets on, but did you have, uh, what, and I don't know, Mark, did you get a chance to take a look at any of it? Mark, are you muted? Am I muted? He is muted. He, he muted himself. I, I'm sorry, dude. I'm a mess. I'm a fucking mess. Yeah, I did get pro view. Uh, I I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Riot hooked me up. It was great. I think uh, we are supposed to say that actually. I don't know if we're supposed to be like, no, we're the common people. Oh, yeah. We they, don't they're supposed to be giving shit. me a review code soon too, so I'll probably try to do something. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, got pro view. Watched a lot of stuff with it. Um, there wasn't like a single matchup where I was like really stoked to see it, but like it was cool to see like, oh, Licorice found this cool flank. I'm gonna go back and watch it from his perspective. And like uh any big play, any trip kill type stuff is fun to see from someone's perspective. Um But yeah, overall, like the thing I actually enjoyed the most from it was the shit talk that came out and like flaming <laughs> double lift and like Jensen flaming rush but then losing, like all that stuff like <laughs> already has made Pro View worth it. Yeah. I, I went back and was watching games of a uh, Faker from MSI, and it was so like in 2016 I had watched behind Faker at Madison Square Gardens during Worlds, and was like, I don't understand this. This guy looks like he's playing StarCraft, and so I kind of went back and was like, Oh, no, that's that's exactly what it feels like he's doing. Uh, yeah. This wasn't just from afar. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, Piglet, I, I think a lot of the Korean pros are the same way, but I used to, when I was coaching Piglet, stand behind him and watch. And, like, if I was too focused on him, I would get, like, nauseous sometimes <laughs> with how much he's moving the camera around. Uh, so, well, I don't want us to, uh, we obviously have a limited amount of time with Sherman. So, uh, Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? Yeah, so if this is your first time watching everybody, welcome to the show. The way this works is it's a live call-in show, so I am posting the Discord link, spamming it Twitch chat right now. Go ahead and join up there. When you get there, join either Pub Calls, Pub Calls 2, or Sub Calls. You can mute your microphone once you're in there. And then in Pleb Topics and Subtopics, that's where you're going to type out what it is you want to talk about. Try and make it a take 
Um, so, you know, you're not just saying, I want to talk about collegiate esports because that could mean anything. But, like, I think Riot not partnering with the NCAA is good. Or I think it's a missed opportunity. You know, whatever it is uh, you want to talk about, go ahead and post it. Uh, if we like it, we'll pull you from the pub calls area to the waiting room where you'll hang out uh, until it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick audio test and you'll be on air talking to Sherman right after that. Awesome. Uh, so while you guys are grabbing, oh, Mar uh, Sherman, do you want to also talk about your the announcement that maybe flew under the radar for some of the people that weren't weren't paying attention during the collegiate weekend? Sure, yeah. I'm assuming you're talking about RSA. Yes. Was there another yeah. announcement that would have been it? Uh, it was it was a busy week. Okay. <laughs> I just had to double check. Um, yeah, so last week we announced the Riot Scholastic Association of America, which is effectively our new governing body for College League of Legends. And eventually, kind of as we expand into high school, um, we'll continue to be our, our governing body over all of Scholastic Esports. And, and really what we were looking to do is kind of officialize the way that we operate in the space. We've kind of run a season now for six years, and uh, this was our sixth championship, so we really wanted to kind of show that next step in kind of maturing the ecosystem. We built a board of advisors uh, of external people who all work in college esports, um, either at a university, at a conference, um, at a conference network, um, and uh, really we, we had our first meeting, and it's really been focused around how do we want to continue to grow College League of Legends. So we can talk a little bit about that as well. I'm sure that'll be a, a hot topic among the questions. Uh, looks like you're already pulling some people into the waiting room, Mark. Uh, should we maybe grab somebody? Yeah, sorry. One of the people I was talking to is on their phone at 4% posting topics. <laughs> no, no worries. <laughs> I mean, the other, the other thing I should mention, by the way, is that if you are a sub, first off, thank you very much. Um, really appreciate it. You're, you know, helping out me a lot. Uh, but... You can uh, also post your topic in the subtopics channel, which moves a little slower, so it does give you a little bit of an edge if that's what you're looking to do. Uh, also, if you're in, well, someone just left the waiting room. If you're in waiting room, please unmute yourself. Yeah, Mark can't, uh, can't hear Mark if he joins and tries to talk to you. Yeah, also, I don't know who just left, but I will find you. Okay. And good. I will either put you back in the waiting room or ban you forever. Well, it looks like you've got your first, okay, there it goes. <laughs> How was your day, Sherman? It was good. It was my first day back in a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, after some time off. Well, you had like a conference you went to, right? I, I did fly down to uh, Atlanta for a day, but I mean, I was there for less than 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's not, that's pretty short. You flew in and out the yeah. same day? I, I flew in in the evening and then went to dinner. The talk was at 10 o'clock and then we were on a flight at 2. Oh. So I guess it was less than less than uh, 24 hours, but yeah. it felt like no time at all. Yeah, that is a short period of time. Uh, yeah. While we're waiting on Mark, uh, just some quick shout-outs. Thank you to... Where are we? Uh, Mama's <laughs> Cupcakes, uh, Siege79, Rick, Ricky Ricky, and it looks like Siege is here right now. Siege, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Hey there, guys. Um, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Have you called in before? Uh, this is my first time actually, and I just subbed tonight, and I still can't even figure out how to get everything connected, but I'm still glad I was able to get on the show. Yeah, it takes a little bit sometimes for the sub uh, thing to sync on Discord, but uh, your audio setup sounds incredible. I, I I feel like I put way too much money into it, honestly, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I appreciate it. We I wish all of our it. 
our mean, guest. Mark Z's over there with the with the whole little headset thing going on. So yes, you know. yeah, exactly. Hey, it's great. And I it's get an Alienware headset. He's proud to have. He's proud to have. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Siege? Uh, so yeah, uh, Sherman. Uh, just wanted to say that uh, being a recent college graduate myself, I really do appreciate everything that you're doing. It's awesome. Um, I've been in contact with a lot of esports coaches local to the Grand Rapids area, mm -hmm. um, and one of the big issues that they're running into is that they're seeing all these headlines of oh, Drig just invested into hundred thieves, like money, 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 and the yep. higher ups like. Even though obviously college esports is growing at a humongous pace and it's amazing, mm -hmm. um, all of the schools are kind of going at it more of like a marketing opportunity. And one of the main issues that coaches are having, um, that at least ones that I've talked to personally, is like trying to like heed the expectations, be like, hey, this is like an investment sort of thing. Like I know like one of them like personally like was getting like a lot of heat like feedback from just like trying to like get like a couple computers set up, mm -hmm. even though they had like Pretty much they're only giving out scholarships, but they're not actually wanting to invest in the program itself. So yeah. I just kind of wanted to see like if those were any issues that you guys were running into and if so, how you guys are trying to plan on like combating that. Yeah, it's uh, a great, great first question because I think um, uh, so a lot of our focus over the last couple of years has been how do we change uh, universities' perspectives or help guide universities' perspectives on the role of esports within the university. Um, yep. The first thing we usually tell them is like, because a school will call us, they'll be like, we want to host an event. We have a 10,000 person basketball arena. We want to host a college show match in it. And we'll be like, whoa, uh, don't start there. That's years down the line. Um, a lot more of our focus is actually on how on like the non-monetary side. So what is the right um, mix of kind of building up your varsity program, but also engaging your college community using esports kind of within your uh in within your marketing materials in a way that's all um helpful the the hardest thing for us when it comes to talking to schools is a lot of schools either want to copy and paste what another school is doing yep um or they uh uh they aren't exactly sure like where to start and and that's what we fo kind of focus a lot of our efforts on um is not telling them the here's the one solve it's hey Let's look at like what you as a university are trying to do. UC Irvine, I think, was able to build a really great program because they really early on addressed what the goals of it were and how it was beneficial for the university. And they did so in a way that also was like, well, of course you're going to invest in a facility on campus and of course you're going to uh, kind of scholarship teams. That's not always going to be the case for every school. Totally. Um, and so I think the important thing is just schools knowing why they want to do it and less so like right now on the individual execution, because otherwise you might end up with like the worst version of this is a bunch of schools pour in millions and millions of dollars expecting like a one year, one or two year return um, that, that won't be there. So we like the RSAA is kind of like our first platform or it's our new platform for kind of communicating that message. We used to like, the only way we would talk to schools was we would go to conferences or get on the phone but we wouldn't go on like leagueoflegends.com and say like, hey, university presidents, you're thinking about esports. Here's what you need to think about. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's not what that website was meant for. Um, so kind of like building out the RSAA and is, will be our primary way of doing that going forward. Okay, no, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you for the great sure. answer. I appreciate Sherman, it. Sherman, do you ever find that like, 
people like the colleges reach out and they're like, okay, cool. We're, we're going to make all this money. And then you're like, Hey, that's kind of not how you start. And then they're like, never mind, We're out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 I mean, you know, obviously we always try and like walk it back from that. We don't want it to be like an all or nothing. Um, yeah. The number one thing we tell a school is like, I had a call with the school today and they were just like, first and foremost, it doesn't cost us a dime to better support our club. Our club wants to use a computer lab that already exists on campus to like host an event. There's no reason we should be stopping that anymore. And so, um, you know, just kind of figuring out, there's never a reason to completely back down from it. Um, but yeah, I, I do get occasionally get the school that's like, oh, it's, we're not going to make a bunch of money off of this on day one. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll back out. Yeah. That probably sucks. Yeah. Mark, you know, one of the, oh, go, oh ahead. go ahead. My bad. No, no, you're fine. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, the, one of the coaches that I was talking to actually had like the school promise him that they would totally renovate like an entirely new area, like in the mm -hmm. actual uh, facilities and everything. And he yeah. practically got like a half done, like old locker room. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, it's just like the whole, obviously there's a big spectrum of them not wanting to like invest in everything. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I, I mean, I, it, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, you, you should finish. I was going to combo <laughs> off. That was something else. I think it's like, in one sense, I, I think that sounds kind of like the early days of LCS teams. Like, Travis, you probably went to a variety of different, like, team houses back in the day. That Mark were used to work in a closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, there is a reality while it is, like, growing. Um, some schools are going to take it more seriously than others. And so a lot of schools are going to feel really good about that investment just because that's what they feel like this is worth to them right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, in one sense, it's like both a, you don't want them to go overboard. You don't want them to go underboard. There's got to be a sweet spot in the middle and, and finding that's the hardest part. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that probably also goes off of like, obviously like all the fans always see the huge LCS productions and everything, especially yeah. with the collegiate people being able to use that personally. So obviously there, that disparity is probably there too. So it makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, thanks so much for calling uh, so, Siege. Or Mark, do you have any... Uh, you I just wanted to combo because uh, someone else hit uh, in the chat. I don't want to pull a caller for it, but was like, what's your advice for speaking to a uh, university administration as a coach trying to get like a club or even something more substantial started up? Uh, like what's the a good pitch, I guess, or like a good place to start for them? Is this a question the, for the Siege pitch? or Sherman? Sherman, I guess, because he I mean, is, I can uh, try to answer. Yeah, you can answer too. I probably wouldn't give a good answer, but I mean, I can try. I mean, if you have first-hand experience, you can at least say, I tried this and it didn't work or it did. You know, um, I think uh, there's a coach well, asking in chat. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, I mean, from my personal experience, obviously not as much as Sherman, but I mean, I was trying to get an esports program-ish, like nothing compared to like an actual uh, varsity program at my school, but it's also a very small Christian university with very closed-minded older people that are in charge of everything. So it didn't really get that far. So, you know, but then also one of the other universities also like is another, I don't know, Grand Rapids, Michigan is really big for like <laughs> educational places that are very yeah. like Christian, like religious, religious based. So the thing I usually tell anybody is just look for allies across the university. There's never going to be one person outside of like, from my experience, there's never going to be one person outside of a university president that can like unilaterally say like, we're going to invest this much money into esports. Um, 
because it's like no school really like no school has an esports budget just sitting around that they don't know like that they're looking for advice on what to do with um so just like look for like talk to professors that you think might make sense talk to student life people stop talk to athletics people just kind of like and don't ever go in with like the hard sell just start with the like building the relationship um I think like the hardest, the hardest part of all of this is getting the right people in the room. Um, and it might be like a little far down the line before you get those people in the room, but you got to start somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, Siege, no, that makes sense. Thank you so much for calling in. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anything you want to say on the way out? Um, uh, like I said, I appreciate you guys having me. Keep up the good work. Um, bold prediction. hundred thieves is going to win. The is going to what? They're going to win the split. Okay. 100%. Time for you leave. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. On to... I mean, I, I bought their stock, so I was in with him for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, everybody bought their stock, and then... They were yeah. so cheap. Yeah. It's like, it's like you see this, like, dollar a pound meat. You're like, how can I not buy it? I heard Kobe... And you're like, well, this is why it was a dollar a pound. Kobe was on Discord last night, and I just hear him from the other room being like, they were half the cost of the winning team, and then they said, well, I bought it. Well, because I guess he must have bought some too, right? We all went in after the weekend into like the, the the post LCS story meeting, and everyone's like, "I bought TSM or I bought Hundred Thieves," yeah. so all of them are just fucking pissed. Nice. <laughs> Everyone is pissed. All right. Well, we got uh, we're running low on time. We, maybe we got another. We can we can push Greeley a little bit, but uh, let's got another twenty minutes or so. Uh, quick shout out to some more people uh, who subbed uh, Pokemans, Pokemans. Thank you for the ten months, Presto. Uh, Ovali and Reaper, thank you for the raids. Bro Jangles for 10 months. Uh, Ari Whittle for 16. Is Panda, you can't control me. Uh, Sergiandi54 and Geek Out, who just hit 12 months. It says more vlogs with Broden, please. I'm sure that those will come. Uh, we have uh, another caller. Parth, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from the great Los Angeles area. The greater Los Angeles, the great Los Angeles area or the greater Los Angeles area? Probably both. Okay. Is there a specific part that's great where the rest is like average? Yeah. Where's the best Los Angeles area? Yeah. Everything else is average. So, uh, Sherman, just get your Word doc ready because I think you might get assigned an essay here in a second. Um, <laughs> no. All the OGs write in Notepad. I actually do that too. Holy shit. Yeah. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, so I guess I'll just turn it into a two-parter. First one was with the collegiate infrastructure kind of uh, building up, do you see a lot of former pro players or staff members that are currently in the professional scene joining the collegiate scene? And the second part is, do you see any players that are currently in collegiate that have the chance to join LCS? Arthur's looking for some uh, new pickups during the break. So if you could, if you could give him just a list right now, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, so on on the first one, that's like that's like uh, the the age old like oh well this is where all the pros are gonna go after they graduate and like it's kind of happening but I, I every year I feel like I like toot this horn is like I feel like the average age of a pro player is going up so there's like more and more likely that they have some college experience already um, mm -hmm. whether or not it was like on a college team is like you're not not saying that just the fact that they like might have been in college. Um, and I think like, we're eventually going to hit like a wave where, uh, 
there won't be that many that want to go back. Um, I also like, I don't, I, I really like, even with college esports aside, don't hear of many pro players going back to college after they finish their pro career. Um, and then lastly, the other point is like pro careers are just getting longer. Uh, I think that's like, uh, again, kind of like contributes to the idea that they're, um, less likely to want to go back, especially depending on age, there's nothing stopping them. And we don't have like plans to stop people, um, or like get in the way of that. Um, but we just kind of think it's like naturally not going to happen. Like it's not like, we just don't think it's going to happen. Like a lot of people think, think it will. Yeah. Um, I think we'll see a lot more coaches though. I think like that was, it was really interesting, like reading Expecial's comments about coaching uh, Harrisburg and like how it was like a totally new world for him. Um, but like very interesting because it was like, it was just, it was not like anything he'd ever dealt with in the pros, but he got to like bring a bunch of pro experience with him, which I think was pretty cool. And yeah. then um, on the second part, uh, I actually, I, I'm, I'm relying on what everyone else told me at the college championship and Mark probably has a better perspective on this. Uh, I think like Niles is somebody that like, could make it to academy uh sometime soon um can you give a little bit of like context on because uh, for people that didn't watch the collegiate thing they might want to know like who niles is like what role or what yeah what his specialty is not niles was the top laner for maryville um he uh he just was like constantly putting on pressure uh i think Mar mark would describe it a lot better um than i would the, the other one that i think is also like really good is misty stumpy uh, who was at Scouting Grounds last year. But Mark, can, Mark, Mark, what do you think? So I think Niles is interesting because he doesn't have any, uh, like, even amateur experience. I'm pretty sure he might have played on, like, some teams recently, but it's not like, like, CKG as jungler was someone mm -hmm. who, you know, formerly Cat God had, like, a lot of amateur experience and, uh, well, relative. Um, so I think Niles is really interesting because he's, he's pretty young. He seems like he has a good attitude. Like, uh, he's very confident, uh, and he's very mechanically gifted. I think he was top 50 challenger yeah. um, for top lane, uh, as a top laner. So he's he's really good. He's the one that stands out a lot. Uh, and he joined Maryville, apparently, specifically because he wanted to join a good collegiate esports program. Uh, so he seems like a good person to keep an eye on. I would say CKG, just because he did have a really good showing. And I was talking to some of the other junglers in the tournament, and they all respect him a lot. Uh, he's a little older, but I think he's graduating soon, so he, he could be up for it. Misty Stumpy's good. Uh, there was one marksman player who I'm really blanking on. I oh, what's cool? Okay. I don't remember. I just remember, like, oh, he looked good. It wasn't Youngbin, but I don't know. Youngbin was the best AD, so maybe I'm just crazy. Yeah, maybe it was Short Hop, but I feel like Short Hop's older. Short Hop is a little older, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I thought overall this was like the, this was the most exciting championship we've ever had. So I was I was just excited to see like, the level of skill kind of continue to go up. Um, it's always like a couple of years like when we first did this, there were a bunch of plat players in the college championship, and now like everyone is masters and challenger, uh, and grandmasters. So it's like, way more exciting to watch than it used to be. TSM Niles, Parth. I actually talked to him, remember last year when we were doing our scouting grounds? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He was, so we, um, 
had someone who dropped out and then I like messaged him because he was our like third or fourth pick. But by then he had other obligations and couldn't come. But yeah, he's a good guy. Gotcha. Yeah. And one Do thing you I have anyone about, to... Sorry, one thing I would note also about what you said about coaches moving over is every coach I've spoken to who has worked in both collegiate and pro play always says it's so much more fun to coach collegiate or amateur because they just listen to everything you say and you feel like you have much more impact. So, yeah. Do you think we'll see, so Parth, just... do you think we'll see more pro players go the collegiate, like the coaching route for collegiate? Uh, I'm not sure. Just, I guess it depends on the program and the salaries. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I think like the quality of school continues to like go, go up and like eventually you're going to get schools that are willing in theory to like invest quite a bit. And I think that will, that will always be like, I think that will continue to grow. Uh, what do you think about like college talent? Do you think like you're going to see more college players go to the uh, go to the LCS? I'm not sure. That's why I'm. It's like a thing <laughs> that everyone is kind of wondering. But yeah, most people that want to go pro go pro instead of going to college. So it's interesting yeah. that there's players like Niles and who was it? Uh, Fake God that came to scouting grounds last year that no yeah. one kind of knew about and was in college. Um, I think there'll be like maybe talents like those that just have no amateur experience and no one knows that end up going to jo college, joining a team, and then being discovered. But I think it'll be pretty rare. So, so I, I hear. Every... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I think the the thing that's best for college is for players who are like skilled, but in between, like revenge would be a guy who like I think if the collegiate scene was as developed as it was, you know, when he made the decision. Like, hopefully we could see him at least in collegiate. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, some of those guys who are like, I'm very smart, and I'm not sure I want to invest my entire life into esports because I have other talents and prospects, but this is a good, like, middle ground. So I, I hope it's, like, we get to see more people like Revenge um, and Niles and, and Fake God ended up actually just not even doing the collegiate scene because I think he impressed enough in scouting grounds. But, like, he was someone I think he would have ended up in, in, in the collegiate scene on a great team had he not been so successful at the scouting grounds premiere. I, I always hear that, like, the number one thing that teams are, like, looking for more and more is, like, yes, like, there's an abundance of mechanically good players. It's all the, like, the stuff that can't you don't get from solo queue. And so, I mean, I, uh, that, that leads to just, like, any competitive outlet will eventually, like, should be valuable in that regard. And, like, not everybody can go join an academy team. So, like... That, that's always my view on college is like, well, of course, college players are going to eventually come from college. There's a competitive face to play. Hey, Parth, thanks so much for calling in. Yep. Any shout outs for you, you on the way out? Um, TSM. Oh, have, a <laughs> good, I have a good one. <laughs> See, See you. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, TSM. <laughs> um, all right. We got to get through the next couple of calls pretty quickly. Um, all right. Let's see. We got uh, more shout-outs. Boater Michael, thank you for the 14 months. The uh, Gruza, I don't know how to say Greeley's name. But the anyway, Riza, he's thank you. The Grizza. The Grizza. Grizza? Okay. He's part, he's part of the Wu-Tang. Didn't you know? We got Synthetica here. Synthetica, where are you calling from? <laughs> I am calling from Vermont. Vermont. Awesome. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, so I want to talk about college esports and specifically, I am sort of questioning how much more or if at all Riot should really invest into the college scene 
because it, unlike traditional sports, there really isn't a system for it to feed into pro sports. I know you were just sort of talking about that a little bit, but mm -hmm. the issue is, you know, if you have like a freshman or sophomore that looks really good, it's a little weird to like take them out of college, like poach them out of college. And I mean, maybe some people will do that if they decide that's the direction I want to go. But just mm -hmm. in terms of like investment on like the viewing experience for for people, like I thought what it was this year was really cool. Seeing the finals was fun. I tuned in, but I don't really know if beyond that, there's a lot of room for it to grow. Yeah. So, you know, it's really, that's like something I used to get a lot um, or hear a lot when I first started in, in at Riot. And also like, that was kind of my impression as well, very early on. The thing we, we always come back to is kind of like why schools invest in, in sports and they don't invest in sports at all for any of the reasons of like feeding into pros. In fact, there's a lot of sports like, especially like when it comes to making money as an example, like only three sports make money, uh, like actually generate profit across all of college sports. Um, instead, a lot of universities think about it for all the, uh, the other ancillary benefits of having like a sport at their school. Um, and when we start thinking like, and that's everything from like community building, uh, like on campus directly, um, to building reasons for the alumni to stay engaged, uh, to like just selling merch and just like, I, like I, I have like a great connection to my university purely because of gaming at this point. Like I didn't graduate from college, but they now have a gaming team there. I follow it very closely. Um, and like, that's my connection. And I think that's what a lot of universities are looking to invest in. And it's not so much the like path to pro and like riot, our focus is like, how do we help amplify that? And kind of having a championship is like a part of that, but the championship is like uh, actually a really small percentage, not really small, but a small percentage of like what we actually like spend our money on when it comes to like investing in college. It's a lot more on like college infrastructure, like why, like what's going to make schools kind of invest more in it. Um, I'm actually like, uh, Greeley who's on next. So like him and I are in separate departments technically. Um, like we're not, you know, like my goal is not to create a feeder system for, um, the LCS, which yes, if that was like the goal, we would be failing at miserably. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, in terms of like the viewership experience for, for collegiate, cause like this, mm -hmm. this year we just had like the, the finals, not just the finals, but like that final top eight, I think it was yep. broadcast. Do you see a world, you know, five years down the line or whatever time span where that expands where like the, the watch LOL esports kind of spans the whole the whole year or do you think it'll just stay at that i think it'll like for the time being we continue to like it's going to be the championship from lol esports but um kind of one of the things like conferences for example like there were six conference championships this year um that were like mo five of them included like a live event that was hosted by like the conference so while we might not be the ones to expand coverage schools and conferences and, and like student clubs will continue to like expand coverage. Now we're focused on like, how do we like broaden the number of people that know that that coverage exists. So we did like a, a TV guide every week this year that was like 50 college streams every weekend of like, here's where you can watch your school play. Um, it's like more important to us that like, if there are 400 league players at one school, that those 400 players know that their game is being played, not the you know, however many players there are in North America. Like, we don't need everyone to care about every school. Right, like, that's, I think... That's, uh, that's why we up, focus on the championship. 
coming from the the pro player realm of of League of Legends esports, like you're not gonna wanna like there's not that much incentive if we're being honest for someone like me to watch a ton of collegiate because a lot of like like Sharon was saying the the the, the finals has leveled up a lot where like pretty much everyone's high diamond to challenger but like there's still like you know there's some plat games going on and stuff like that but if your school knows you get to watch your friend play against another rival school or something like that and then you get to talk about it and like there's a collegiate discord that i didn't know about but like apparently it's popping off people are memeing in there all the time like uh it's its own community so it's not necessarily fair for us on the outside to go in and judge it through our standards of like well why would i care when it's like well it's it's not for you necessarily Gotcha. Uh, no, I think that they answered my question a lot. Uh, actually, thank you. And uh, shout out to Alienware. <laughs> Thanks, Synthetica. No, I just, yeah, just one more call. I just put them in there so people weren't yelling at him in pub calls. No, I, uh, I I was really excited to to be on. I I was like worried, like, oh no, it's been a week. I'm old news by now. <laughs> Are you actually muted on your stream, Travis? Everyone's saying it, but I can't tell if they're trolling. Then Greeley just said you're muted on stream. So either Greeley just trolled me, or no, you're they don't they don't know what they're talking about. It's fine. Um. Anyway, thanks for coming on, Sherman. Yeah. Yeah, we got wait, one on, more call. Sorry. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, I just got, I, I came back up because of that. So do I get to ask Greeley, his, give Greeley his first hot take? Uh, you do get to, oh, you want to ask Greeley a question? I'm sure we could fix it, figure that out. <laughs> Presto is here. Presto, where are you calling from? Uh, Champaign, Illinois. Champaign, that's an awesome name. Yeah. I had never heard Can of that. Can you guys place. make champagne wine because your name champagne and the French won't get mad at you? <laughs> it's spelled differently. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not actually from here. I just go to school here. I'm here over the summer. Awesome. Well, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I wanted to talk about how uh, Sherman sees how how does Sherman see like collegiate League of Legends as a pipeline to growing talent in North America, and how he would better like he if he had like the power to improve all of it how he would better improve to help lcs teams find prospective talent like in basketball you have there's like a there's like a path to pro that you see like mm -hmm. oh you're good in high school you get you recruited to a college and then you get drafted how would you see that happening in league of legends yeah this is actually like this is one that i i get to spend some time thinking about and one that we want to like spend more time i think it's it ultimately just comes down to like school everybody needs more ways to like track what's actually going on in the scene like high school works because like there's national rankings of like high school players and colleges like fly out to go watch uh, those players play um like so right now like if i was to ask mark mark who are the top colleges he'd be like maryville won a championship this year yeah you uh, see <laughs> Irvine. is ubc still good Columbia is yeah. usually pretty good. They had a who who was a 
the the Riven player who Columbia used to have. Back to, back to Sherman's thoughts, though. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So so it's to that point. It's like I think we want to focus, like, continue to figure out ways to like raise visibility. So like, what does it look like to you streamline, uh, high like weekly highlights from the college scene? Or um, like we have a week ESPN, we helped them launch a coaches poll this year. So it's actually like easier for schools to like look up, well, like who's actually good. Um, and so as we like, we continue to look for opportunities to do that. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's, if we continue to focus on like raising visibility for the entire scene and not like we tell less and less, like let's tell a story about one school. Um, then I think we'll we'll be able to like raise visibility and give teams like that those tools. Um, as I said a couple of times, I think like it's just it's going to continue. College players are going to continue to improve. There's only so many pro spots, and like even this off like uh, the off season between splits this year, like was probably one of the fewest trades mm-hmm. I've ever seen or, or moves I've ever seen, um, which means that like demand is going to go. Uh, is going down but supply is going up so like college players are gonna eventually kind of be a, a continued outlook when you're when you're looking for those few spots to fill yeah hey thanks so much presto for calling in yeah thanks for having me uh, i love the show keep it up thanks dude have a good one you too all right should we bring Greeley in and then sherman can ask him his first question do you have a question for Greeley? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, you want to okay. gra- you want to bring him in? Hey, Greeley. Hi. Hello. Welcome to the show, uh, Greeley. I'm going to add you to the Skype call right now. Can you um, just accept it and then immediately mute your mic whenever you do? Yes. Okay. Let me see if I can. Sounds hard. Ask you. Yeah, it requires a great deal of coordination. I, well, a lot of people mess it up, surprisingly. Yeah. By the way, I noticed while we were waiting that Locodoco is watching. I really appreciate that he supports my show. That's very nice of him. Did you watch his Listen Loco earlier today? No, I did not. That's why. He invited me on it, but I turned I turned him down because I'm really? loyal. Did, weren't you just <laughs> on it? I was. No, I was just busy. Um, okay, well, uh, now we're going to bring... I thought you said you were going to do this from the office, Greeley. Nah, I went home. This looks like no office at Riot I've ever seen. Okay, now you're literally covering Sherman, so now we're, you're just, you've stolen his spot. Congratulations. Uh, all right, while well, I'm handling the technical issue, um, what? Uh, and we'll introduce Gr- Commissioner Greeley here in a second, but Sherman, do you want to ask him stuff while I'm figuring all the tech out? Yeah, uh, Greeley. Uh... Uh, hot take. Chopper could beat you in a 1v1. Prove me wrong. No, no, that's that's probably right. I might be the worst 1v1 player on the face of the planet. What a what a Have terrible... Whoa, this is not exciting in the slightest. <laughs> no, it, it's I, not. It's the really not. unfortunate thing is I, I've thought long and hard about this all day, and that's all I got. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Great. Well, hey, Sherman, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Ah, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it. We'll uh, maybe next next year at around the same time, uh, we'll have you rejoin. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks guys. Yeah, have, have a good rest one. of the show. See you, sure. Right. I'm finalizing the uh, tech stuff, but do you want to uh, go ahead and introduce yourself, Mr. Greeley? Yeah, 
my name is Chris Greeley. I am the commissioner of the LCS. Uh, I run our league operations and responsible for the all the day-to-day -day stuff uh, at LCS. Can you give um, maybe a little bit of context on like what an example of that would be? Um, sure. So, um, <clears throat> all right. Um, how come I can't talk about my own job? That is bizarre. Uh, <laughs> I believe I believe in you. Yeah. So uh, inside of League Ops, we deal with like uh, all of the rules, disciplinary disciplinary decisions. Um, we, as part of the day-to-day -day stuff, like I oversee our business development folks, I oversee player management, um, the referees, I work with our broadcast um, team to help make sure that all the stuff that we have to do on broadcast every week, um, we're doing and that everything is sort of as good as it can be. Gotcha. It's like all pretty broad. Gotcha. So like all sort of, in other words, if anyone watching this right now, and I'm sure Mark will tweet out right now that you're on, uh, has any issue whatsoever with the LCS, now's their moment to call in and share their take or ask you the question about it. Yeah, it's like um, um, the holiday on Seinfeld. Um, oh my, Our audience will not get that reference. No, I guess that's right. I'm, I'm like 100 years old, so all my references really do fly, uh, fly yeah, over everyone's head. It's all good. I, uh, I did pull one or two spicy takes, I think. I don't know if they're spicy, just like uh, real questions. Gotcha. About stuff so real i mean we are we uh, that's what i'm hoping for is real questions i mean It'd sometimes be... you get like there's one question that's like why don't we go, why isn't there an event in texas and i feel like that's been answered like 20 times you know that's a softball yeah yeah we're <laughs> uh ho hopefully soon um you know there's uh a bunch of logistical and and you know candidly some tax issues that i i think we're Hey. Dealing with and getting out of the way. I've been yeah. saying tax issues on the show for a long time when people bring up Texas questions, and so I'm I'm yeah. I'm happy that that's finally been mentioned. Yeah. Um, so uh, hopefully, I, I think we're well on our way to removing some of those. So you know, we we want to go to Texas as much as people want us to go to Texas. Awesome. Exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, oh, we've got you invading this other wall. Hang on. Let me figure. You could just make me big. I'll cover up. Yeah, yeah, there you. we go. That's what Let's I need to do. Chris full, full screen are you, really, are you able to move your webcam down a little bit? Because that's what I'm combating. Like, okay. no. Travis will just always nitpick and complain. Like, God forbid you move. Like, I, I, lean I in care about the production on this show, screen. Mark. Well, why don't you just not punch in? Give me my whole webcam to work with. Okay, so are you pulling questions right now? No, I'm, you told me to tweet. I was tweeting. <laughs> All right. While you pull have, questions, because I'm sure we're going to get questions some, going in just a second. I have some ready to go. While, while he, he pulls questions, I want to give a big shout out to our sponsor. Take a quick break. Alienware. They sponsor all the stuff that I do. Uh, they sponsor LCS, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's a little backwards. Um, yeah, they sponsor awesome. LCS, which is fantastic. They sponsor uh, Team Liquid. They're doing a cool thing. I don't know if it's still running right now, but they've been doing a really awesome uh, activation across Twitch where a bunch of streamers have been able to compete get points and uh, you, I think you can earn RP and all this kind of stuff. So uh, super committed to the League of Legends scene. Uh, they just announced, this is uh, at Computex, um, and I think you'll be able to see them at E3 if anybody's going to E3. Their new takes on the M15 and M17, beautiful computers. Uh, go check them out at, uh, actually, I think you might have to just Google some of the media coverage because I'm not sure if they are up just yet, maybe next week or the week after on alienware.com slash Travis. If you want, if you're thinking about getting a new computer for the summer because you know it's dangerous to go outside because there's terrible things that happen out there, 
that you know this is a this is a computer that you could get uh, the m15 or the m17 maybe you're headed off to college soon maybe you're in college you want that check them out they've got uh, the awesome design language that they uh used on the area 51m if you've been seeing those commercials on the lcs uh and guess what when you order uh that or anything else over on the alienware website i think uh, at least as far as systems and monitors go i, I need to check on peripherals but you can use Alienware, or sorry, you can use Travis 10 off. I know if you watch the LCS, there's a code that they show on that. Don't use that code. That's a bad code. You want to give me the credit. Don't give LCS the credit. Travis 10 off for 10% off your Alienware purchase. Thank you so much uh, to Alienware for supporting everything that uh, I do, uh, including this show, so that Mark can get paid when he finally sends me an invoice once every six months and my checking account drains because that's how long it took. Anyway, thanks again to... Oh, it's Anna. coming. Get ready. And if you're watching the VOD, you can check out the links in the description. Um, Mark, you want to grab us our first caller? Yeah. Okay. Off he goes. How's your day been? And also, should I call you Greeley on here? Commissioner Greeley? Mr. Commissioner? You can go with Chris Works. Chris? Like okay, because I, no I one like I know calls you Chris. Yeah. I, I've never heard that. I've only yeah. ever heard the Commish Greeley... Yeah. Really. Look, whatever you're you're comfortable with, I will answer too. So. Okay. Is that a deflated Mother's Day balloon behind you? Uh, it says Valentine's, I think. No. So it is. It's like a ceramic heart that okay. my kids made for me. It actually says Happy Father's Day. Okay, that's very sweet. Anyway. Yeah. Is pandas here? Is panda? Where are you calling from? Is pandas here? Is panda? Where are you calling from? <laughs> Mark. I swear to God, I mic checked this guy two seconds ago. Panda? Panda. All right, we're sending him back to the waiting room. Give him a five count. Okay. Oh, I was going to kick him out. I'm going to ban him from the server. No, 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 it's fine. Maybe great. he'll come I don't back. Know why I want to ban. You want to go grab the next caller? <laughs> yeah, fine. Okay. It's okay. Our stream just ducked down for a second because my internet's being stupid. It'll come back. Oh, wait, no, we're spamming. Chat's spamming F because. We kicked Panda. I'm very sad. I'm very sad. How long have you been at Riot now? Uh, I started at the beginning of 2017. So okay. almost two and a half years now. Nice. Yeah. Have you found it? Have you found working at Riot? Oh, I was like, what? Um, I mean, it's been good. What am I going to say? It sucks. Um, the people I work with are great. The product's super fun. Like, I used to be a securities and commodities lawyer. Yeah. This is a lot more fun than than that ever was. I assume it's fairly stressful. Uh, it depends on the day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ventus Official is here. Ventus, where are you calling from? Uh, Washington, D.C. area. Washington, D.C. area. Awesome. And what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So I want to talk about how Fantasy League being like seriously implemented would be really beneficial for the league. And it's kind of an expansion of a call last week, but I've been thinking about it and I think it could be super helpful. And, so and we should say, we hop in there, oh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I, I wasn't following this super closely. So correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. I had heard that there were plans or someone, people in Twitch chat were saying that there were plans to bring it back for summer and then there was an announcement that it's not coming back for summer yes, or something signed, so. signed by commissioner Greeley. so this is the he's the perfect individual right. to yeah to yeah so, wouldn't fantasy what happened um all right so here's the here's the full context and a lot of it's in the in the post but um easier to hear like from a human 
trying to like center out so Travis doesn't mess with my my camera again. Um, the product when we when we initially released Fantasy a couple of years ago was super popular. So a couple hundred thousand people used it. Um, it was great. Like I when before I worked at Riot, I played it all the time. I enjoyed it. Uh, but people eventually stopped playing it, and part of that was our fault, right? The product never changed. It was always like the same product that we released in 20, I think it was 2015, is the same same fantasy platform we shut down at the end of 2017. Um, and along the way, there were a bunch of format changes. So if you were following, trying to follow EU and NA, we were on best of threes, they were on best of twos, and like you had different number of games being played, the scoring was a mess. Um, there was no way to find a group. So if you had a group of friends and like the person who was organizing the group stopped playing, like your whole group fell apart, the whole thing, it, the whole product, despite all of the work that the people who were doing, like the people working on it were doing up to the very end, turned into a total mess. We weren't putting resources into it anymore uh, and people weren't playing it. So like, then you kind of get into that like nice, nice cycle where it's like, well, why would we put resources in if people aren't playing anymore? And why would people play if we're not putting resources in? Uh, so we shut it down at the end of 2017, or end of 2018, I'm sorry. Um, and we had a plan. Um, it was, we were gonna take spring off. We were gonna take all the resources that we were putting into fantasy. So the money, the manpower, like all the people who were working on fantasy weren't on a fantasy team. They all had other jobs and they were pitching in to help keep fantasy afloat. Um, so we sent everyone back to do their day jobs. Um, we, you know, took the resources we were putting in there and kind of focused them on relaunching fantasy for summer, which was the plan all the way through spring. Um, and along the way, like we talked to daily fantasy operators, we talked to the, you know, largest fantasy sport operators in America. Um, we talked to uh, other companies in the ecosystem who were building digital products that could build something alongside their product. Um, and we didn't find a match. Right. It's not like it's not that we weren't trying. It's not that we weren't having the conversations. But at some point, right in those conversations, you sit down and you tell a prospective partner, like, "Hey, we want to build a weekly fantasy game. We want to build a pick'em. We want to build, you know, sort of all the things that we were talking about." And we had some partners say, "All right, well, that's not really interesting to us. We want to build a, a different kind of game." It's like, "All right, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. But if you're gonna, if you want to try your thing, you still have to do our thing." because our fans are looking for a daily fantasy or a weekly fantasy game that they can get into and play with their friends. Um, so oh, we sorry, had some the, fan the fantasy operators didn't want to build a fantasy game? So de depending on who you were talking to, right? Okay. So we got some folks who didn't want to build a normal fantasy game. They didn't think it was a right, the right fit for esports, right? It's, you know, it's the idea that uh, people who are watching esports like to play games, so they should create some games that are, you know, they should gamify fantasy, even though fantasy by itself is a game. Um, we had some folks we sat down with and we got to the point like we're all aligned on the product we're gonna make. And they said, all right, show us all of your user numbers for the last couple of years so we know what we're getting into. And we would show those numbers and they'd go, ooh, all right, I'm not sure how we're gonna rebuild a user base. It's like, well, we have we have our broadcast where you know hundreds of thousands of people watch every weekend. Uh, you know, we can tie it into broadcast, we can do a whole thing. Um, and there were some, you know, some of those folks said, well, in order to try to rebuild your user base, we want a lot more money. We want to take a lot more of the revenue and we couldn't find terms that worked for them. Cause at the end of the day, like, we still have 10 LCS teams who are going to rev share off of this and we can't sort of give the whole thing away. Um, 
and have everyone make it super successful and then the teams in the league and, and eventually pro players don't make any money from it. Um, we had some folks who were interested in doing it, but like on a vastly different timetable. So look, whole whole stack of whole stack of excuses. Uh, but we worked through a lot of those partnership discussions for all of spring. And there came a point where we thought, all right, well, even if we get a partner on board today, unless they have something that's turnkey, um, we're probably not going to be able to deliver for summer, but we continue to have conversations and no one wants to write the post. that's like, Hey, we're probably not going to be up and running for summer when you're still four weeks out or five weeks out and you still have some hope. Uh, and then we woke up one morning and you know, I woke up one morning and realized, Oh crap. Uh, we're going into MSI. We're not going to have something done. Um, people are going to want to know where the product is. I promised an update weeks ago that I didn't deliver on. So the timing on the announcement was just, was just awful. Um, we're still, we, we have a plan. Um, it's a good plan. We are trying to finalize that plan. Um, and when we do, if and when we do, um, we want to kind of provide transparency the whole way. So um, we have an announcement due on July 15th. That's sort of the mark in the sand in terms of uh, when we're going to come back because just saying mid-split, as I did last time, doesn't give enough of a marker. So uh, by July 15th, we'll we'll give an update on progress. Hopefully, before that, we can come out and say like, "Hey, we're doing a thing," uh, and then you know, as, as we progress kind of through our plan, we want to be able to provide visibility. We're going to sit down with, assuming it all comes together, sit down with the LCS teams, uh, sit down with Parth, who uh, you know has told me over and over again about his. Uh, love of fantasy and the like 30 page white paper he wrote on scoring systems, making supports uh, a useful part of a fantasy system. Uh, we're going to bring in the teams. We're going to bring in our creative folks. We're going to bring in our business development folks. And we're going to, you know, kind of all work together to, to make sure that we're getting a product that the fan, like that our fans in the fantasy community are going to love, but that is also reaching like different parts of our, of our fan base that aren't sitting around going, man, I wish I could play some fantasy. Yeah. There's a plan there. This is like, for for as uh, absolutely incompetent incompetent as this whole thing sort of makes us look and our inability to deliver something, this is the one one product, like one experience that that I like is near and dear to me. Uh, this is like the hill I die on, right? This is the one thing. If I don't do anything else for the rest of the time I'm at Riot, fantasy LCS is fantasy the hill you're gonna die on. <laughs> yeah, really, is, we've got monetization heart. issues. We've got uh, teams that yeah. are supposedly going to be selling soon, and like fantasy LCS is your thing that you're going to die on. It, it's it's my thing. I'm going to die on. Yeah. Oh, geez. Hey, I respect that. All right, Travis. I... Anyone could die for monetization or whatever. Only Greeley's going to die for fantasy. He's, well, the, he's the hero we need. Not the one depending on how the next <laughs> year or two goes, he might die for monetization too. Uh, well, Greeley. Jeez. <laughs> so it's <laughs> wow. Coming in hot. And so it sounds like, uh, it sounds like the, it sounds like you are going to do this with a partner. Yeah, we're not going to build this internally. Okay. Okay. Because that was the weird thing was like the, the, for me, when I read, and maybe I just misread it or I, I skimmed too much or something, but in the, the post, you're like, yeah, we talked to all these partners. None of them want to do it. And then it was like, why doesn't Riot just make one yourself? And you're like, well, we don't want to do it either. But we've got our announcements coming, and I'm like, wait, so who's doing it? But so it sounds like you guys have a partner. And you're just working on the details. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to see if it's something we can get over the finish line. Okay, awesome. Um, I think I saw some people in Twitch chat having this opinion of like, oh, so it went for for the fans to for the players, and I think 
if I may t attempt to interpret this for Greeley, like the problem with the old product was that like it wasn't benefiting the like other than engaging people, but like there was no actively working on it because it wasn't making its own money. So like that's how I understand it. So by making it a profitable venture, you get to spend more money on it to build a better product so it's better for everyone. So it's for the fans, but you want to deliver something good for the fans, which means it should be good for everyone, not just like a giant sunk cost. If I can, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah. Look, we're trying to hit a couple like the old the old product. Like it had a, a core audience that loved it, but that core audience was really small. And like for the amount of resources we had to put in to keep that that monstrosity afloat, it like it just like just wasn't worthwhile. Um, especially because it's it's a space where you can do something awesome. So like if we were, you know, if, if we were running some small game and there were, you know, 30,000 people that loved playing it every week and it cost us very little to keep going, like it makes, and there wasn't an opportunity to do something bigger, that makes a lot of sense. But the, the fantasy space is, is wide open and it, it's a really important part of fan engagement. So I not only want to create a better fantasy product for the hardcore fantasy fans, but I want to create something that's also great for the casual fans in a different kind of game. Like we want to put something together that that's goes both sort of broad and deep. If that makes sense. Hmm. Dentist, do you have any final thoughts on on the way out? Um, well, damn, I had this whole spiel of like why it would be good and how how it compared to traditional sports, but I think it's really cool that you guys actually. Um, still care about it. I haven't actually been following up with all the announcements on it. Um, it's just like I have a coworker uh, at work who's like 38 and never has played League of Legends in his life, but knows more about the pro players just because he plays DraftKings for League. And um, it's I think it's just super cool um, to get that type of experience um, and just the way that esports is consumed. Like it's just so perfect for fantasy. So I'm glad that you guys are still working on it. Um, I'd rather it, you guys actually just take your time than it be rushed. And like the, the not that the last product was rushed, but like having a full fledged product, even if it takes longer, um, I still think that's a lot better than just trying to push something out now. So I'm just really glad to hear that you guys still care about it. Thanks so much for calling in, Ventus. Thank you. Mark, if you want to grab the next caller, and then I have to run for 60 seconds. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I forgot about something, and my apartment will explode unless I disarm. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Uh, a couple of quick <laughs> shout-outs. Uh, I still appreciated the joke. You no, know, he already uh, Yeah. Hollow Moon, LOL, thank you for the 15 months. Purple Ray Q for 14. Nihilist Gamer for 12 months. One whole year. Uh, the Pack 69 Hype Love Shack, Casey Faces, and Whoopley. Uh, thanks, Whoopley. Fantastic. Anyway, uh, is Panda's back? Is Panda, uh, welcome back. Thank you so much. What happened before? Uh, well, my computer blue screened. It got so excited that I was here with you guys. Alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, Travis Tanoff. What, right, uh, this is exactly what happens when you don't have an Alienware computer. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. Oh, okay. So not too far. Uh, what yeah. do you want to... What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? I almost feel like that place isn't real. Like, the name is hilarious. I've, so I've, I've, ridiculous. 
I know, uh, I've, I've, I've been there, but it's just like, hey, welcome to Rancho Cucamonga. You're just, it doesn't, it sounds like a fucking, like, Looney Tunes name. What do you, I what have do to you, say the full name, because it's so fun. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight, Panda? Uh, I want to talk about the recent introduction of ProView um, to the, to the, like, the products that the LCS offer. Um, I think it's, like, it's something that I've been wanting since... I started watching Professional League of Legends in season in season two. Like it's such a brilliant idea to be able to watch your favorite player's personal view, um, because it completely changes the way the entire game is viewed. Hello. Oh, oh no, my did we God. Again? We're still here. No, we're here. Oh, okay. 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 Oh. Sorry. Fantastic. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Continue, when Panda? you have uh, when you have full view of the full map. Um, it it, give, it gives you less of an a like an idea of what players themselves are physically seeing, um, and my example that I give of this all the time is the Chinese streams have um, the Chinese streams have had the 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 player POV streams for a little bit of time now, and I actually watched MSI from Dublin's POV in that in those games, um, and Rookie had when Rookie was playing Zoe, it gives you such a different like view of the game watching double try and like dodge zoe's skill shots from bog of war uh, and i think that by itself is worth the 15 dollars uh the other features are are super great and on top of that um but sorry if my question is uh is there anything that we're gonna do to like make sort of make it more worth it to travel to the lcs and view it live um when we're at the, at the moment it seems like it's more worth it to stay home and watch ProView because ProView is so exciting and new. And I'm sort of like, maybe I don't want to take that 30 minute drive to go watch the LCS live when I could just stay home and watch ProView. I mean, how many times has Doublelift shown up in your living room to high five you after he wins a game? Ooh. That's true. That's a very yeah. good point. But at the same time, uh, as someone like myself, I've been going since season three. I've shaken Doublelift's hand like a hundred times. <laughs> and I, I think mean, he's kind of tired of seeing my face. Yeah, look, it's the you see the same thing in conventional sports, right? I grew up in Jersey. Um, I was a New York Giants fan. Like, football season in in Jersey is really fucking cold. Um, so, like, why would you go to a, a football game in December when you could sit on your couch and drink a beer and like be warm and, and not have to go? Right? We're always going to face like we're inherently a, a digital experience. Um, and we work really hard to make the live experience fun. Like I saw your, your question in the discord, um, the week one tailgate was like week one, day one is always the day you can't get near the studio. Like we have, you know, it's the one day where we worry, like, are we over capacity in the building? All of almost all of the teams come out to tailgate. Um, you can go get a taco and 14 different energy drinks. Like it's a really fun atmosphere. Um, but we've put a lot of that experience on teams and for teams to come out and tailgate because they're really the ones who create that experience um, for them to come out and tailgate. It has to be it's, it's a huge resourcing for them like they have. To, it's it's just a bunch of money. Um, and for them to come out and do that every, you know, for for 18 days, a split, um, it starts to get a little bit taxing on them. So I think teams sort of pick and choose their spots and, you know, most people come out for week for week one day one um everybody else sort of ebbs and flows um through the season so we've got a little bit of that right trying to create that um find a way to create that environment uh in the parking lot before the game that makes people want to show up um 
We've got in-studio stuff. So the, the merchandise store at the arena uh, is in the middle of a, an upgrade. You'll see sort of new products every week you go. We're bringing in some uh, outside team merch. We're bringing in some sort of outside people that don't have anything to do with our teams. I don't want to spoil anything, but they should start to be in for week two. Celebrities? Um, not celebrities. That'd be awesome. Um, but we're, uh, we are going to be doing some activations in the store there. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's a matter of making sure that the sort of league stays interesting, right? We've got great, great, uh, play by play and color casters. Uh, you get to come out and meet the pros, like for someone from Rancho Cucamonga, which is super fun to say, uh, who can come down, you know, eight times a season. I don't, you know, it's, it's hard to keep you engaged, right? Because all the things I'm doing for all the things we're doing as a team from week to week, like you, you start to see them over and over again. It's no longer novel. Um, you should save some of that LCS money and come join us in Detroit uh, for our summer finals sponsored by Rocket Mortgage um, and be able to come out or, or you can come uh, come back for Riff Rivals presented by Alienware uh, and have that experience too. So, uh, you know, in, in terms of doing like really novel things like 1v1 competitions in the parking lot or things like that, um, those logistically become like just a huge issue for us week to week when you're still trying to make sure you're putting on a really good show and a really good show for the people who are watching from home. Um, so there is there is some balance there. It's harder for us to to kind of do that stuff and, and not put a huge tax on our team. Kind of a, going back a little bit to the pro view, uh, I was wondering, because I know a lot of people were questioning if it was worth it. Do they want to spend $15 on it? And I think it's something, having used it myself, that you, you understand what it is, but it's uh, it's more engaging when you oh did we die? It just it, it it comes back. It's my internet. It just does it for one second and then it comes back. Um, so I was gonna say, you know, having used it, it was something that like I appreciated more when I got my hands on it than I did hearing about it. Um, is there ever like any sort of promotional like for this one day only? everyone can use it or would that destroy the platform from like a bandwidth perspective or like has is there something that uh you guys are planning to uh give people a chance to try it who might not be so sure i mean like i know there's i, I saw the promotional stuff but but having the control and feeling how easy it was and all that stuff uh yeah like I trials or something like that yeah is there any ever gonna be a trial or like a super like one dollar for this day kind of thing like tried out you know i i don't um I don't think there are immediate plans for that. Um, I think it's a lot of um, being able to see the product as opposed to use the product. But I understand your your point that it does feel a lot better when you can actually move the streams around yourself and kind of click through and set it up to watch the way you want to watch. Um, you know, I think it's kind of a wait and see thing in terms of that that product um, as to like sort of how popular it is, like, you know, kind of what the adoption rate looks like. And there may be a world where, um, you know, later in the season, they want to do some stuff like that. But I think as we're uh, kind of ramping into it, it's uh, just sort of out there. So you're like, you'll see, I mean, you know, Mark, you'll see it on broadcast. Um, yep. They, you know, there's, uh, I think there's some codes going out to some content creators and some press folks, including Mr. Gafford. Um, who can I, I think also help kind of preview it for people? Yeah, I think I'm doing this a review on stream tomorrow. I need to double check, but I think I'm getting a code tomorrow. So uh, hopefully people can check that out if they're more interested. Uh, I got a, I got a big question here. Is Travis still press or is he content creator or is he a personality? What is this guy? 
Man, I, I have I have no idea. Um, Can we? I want an official. If anyone knows, I would love if they could tell me because I have no idea. It's like he just changes his hat depending on where he wants to go. Yeah, it's like, that's oh, true. We don't like press in here. He's like, I'm not press. I'm a content creator. That's like, oh, all right. Well, only content creators can be here, but press isn't allowed. He's like, you know, it's just. Well, all, there's no place where press are. Yeah, I I'm happy to go. I find that there's no place where press can go where content. My point is, I'm going to be everywhere. Yep, we can't stop you. Uh, any uh, other thoughts on on this call, Panda? Uh, I, I did just want to add on to the end that if anyone in the chat is kind of on the fence about whether or not they want to jump on Pro, I think this split would be the great time to just sort of dive in and, and try it because like Mark said, it, it really is a, a total game changer when you have it in your hands. It looked kind of iffy on some of the promotional materials, um, but once you start using it and, and you know maybe you can even open up the mainstream on one monitor and have the ProView stuff on the other monitor, it really kind of changes the way you view the game. Um, and just as a fan and someone who's been watching Pro League since Season 2, it, it is a true game changer. Yeah, I think uh, also... The way oh, you can sorry. use it is, is very different. Like, some people want to watch someone's perspective the entire time. I don't really like doing that, but what I really enjoy doing is instead of watching the LCS replays, which are great, um, I like going to, like, the person who I think was really important in that play and, and watching it from their perspective. And it's so funny when, like, Turtle teleports in a team fight. And I see that live, and then I get to go and, like, go back to his perspective and watch him do that shit. It's, like, that's by far my favorite use of it is, is watching a play, like, kind of using it as a replay from someone's perspective. Nice. Anyways, that's my show. That's my sellout. Thank you. Uh, I get zero dollars for that. Yeah, thanks. We're all selling <laughs> lots of ProViews uh, right now. Check check your bank account, Mark. Thanks, Panda. Yeah. No problem. Thank you guys so much. Yep. Um, hey, I have a question for Greeley before, I don't know, Mar unless Mark, you feel like there's a call that's coming in for this, but, um, what's the story behind the Rocket Mortgage finals? Did that come in through like the 100T relationship with Gilbert or what's the, the, was it, what's the backstory there? So it, um, we started talking to the, um, Rocket Mortgage, but I'm going to put this stuff down, I'm going down the joke. Feels like it <laughs> fell flat for me. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I we started talking. Twitch chat, had it. <laughs> chat uh, back. Thanks, Twitch chat. Um, that's the same Twitch chat that when we did the April Fools thing asked who's the old bald fat guy with Mark. So <laughs> I feel like that's just retribution. Um, we started talking to the Detroit Sports Commission um, about what it would look like to bring an esports event to Detroit, uh, and the Rocket Mortgage folks, who you know obviously are well situated in Detroit, kind of hopped in. Uh, to the conversation and really helped kind of bring it along. It, it obviously didn't hurt that the Rocket Mortgage folks were familiar with League because of their um, relationship with 100 Thieves and the, and the great work that they do there. So it made the discussions a lot easier. You get to skip all of the, uh, you know, what's an eSport, what's League of Legends. You kind of go right into the, the heart of the conversation. Right. Um, okay, so that's cool. So it wasn't necessarily like it just was coincidental almost i mean it, they obviously knew but it wasn't something where because i assume that the oracle arena thing was somewhat because warriors were kind of related with you guys I, I mean that certainly helped that conversation as well um you know it's a uh it's a great arena it was close to us like it kind of hit a lot of the marks we were looking for last summer as we were, were scaling up a bunch of stuff 
Hey Mark, you want to go? All right, you ready for this call? Yeah. I'm wondering if Parth joined one of the the rooms. I'm wondering if he's going to come back. Um, very very interested. Jazzy Jazz is here. Jazzy Jazz, where are you calling from? Dallas, Texas, Travis. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing very well. How are you? Hey man, living the dream. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Are you going to ask where why no Texas event? Yeah, dude, come on. There's a lot of Leaf fans here, Chris. We're waiting, um, but hopefully I'll figure that out soon. No, I'm asking about, actually, uh, LEC versus LCS. So my take was that historically, it's always seen that the LCS uh, did a better job around marketing their players, their league, um, just around overall monetization. But ever since EU LCS rebranded to LEC, uh, it seems like they've kind of overtaken the LCS Uh they seem to have more sponsors joining the show. Um, they also seem to engage more with their sponsors. Uh, I kind of listed the like how they do car commercials with their casters and stuff like that. And so uh, I guess why has that been the case? Why has the LEC been so successful after the rebrand around just overall production and marketing their league? And why is the LCS falling short? Um, so um, the LEC team is great. Um, you know, we, we work a lot with those folks and they're working hard and they're, you know, the, like the, you know, they had the whole graphics refresh, the car commercials were super cool. The, you know, Dracos rap battles uh, with that other kid with the glasses, like they were great. Um, like, you know, I, I think that um, LEC made huge strides last split. Uh, you know, their, their sponsorship came online. Um, I, no, uh, other than NA greater than EU, I have nothing bad to say about um, LEC. At the same time, I think that the gap between LEC and LCS is is overblown um, in terms of production quality. Um, you know, we like we hadn't done a graphics refresh in I think like two years. So we just did one for this split, which I think personally I think looks great. Um, so when you have when you're sitting on the same graphics package for you know two years um, and a league comes out with a new one right LEC comes out with a new one we're still sitting on the same one it looks like all right well LCS isn't trying LEC is um, you know their their sponsorship came online we we brought on a full time North American BD guy uh, in October uh, so you'll you're like now starting to kind of see the fruits of his efforts um, and you'll see a you know kind of a, a lot more announcements coming um there's a lot of stuff in the in the works which is exciting uh so they had a you know six seven month head start on sponsorship so you start to see that stuff come out um you know their their content was you know fun and memey and um the kia car commercial was was super high quality like i, I don't think that like it's it's tough right because our our team that that's you know working six days a week and and kind of putting everything into a broadcast that's still really good still drawing more viewers week over week than it did the year before and the year before that um you know when they get home on a sunday night and they're exhausted and they open reddit and like there's a bunch of threads that that say like the lec is great and the lcs is trash like that hurts because our broadcast is still really good um I think you're going to start to see, you know, between the graphics package now and a bunch more stuff that's coming and some announcements um, that you'll hear soon. Um, you know, we'll start to close that perception gap. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I, I have faith that our teams are going to go to wor Worlds and crap all over EU and, and right the ship. So, so yeah, I mean, falling, I, I go ahead, Jazzy. Sorry. I was going to say, like, I mean, I don't think when uh, those threads pop up, it's necessarily uh, trying to 
kind of disparage the LCS, but I think for a lot of North American fans, uh, I think the uh, LCS started off as a really high point and uh, marketing was really good. We had huge player personalities um, and it looked like all good. And then when the EU LCS kind of rebranded to LEC, it seems kind of they've left us on the wayside um, in terms of just how they market their show. Um, and I'm just, I guess, you know, it's, again, I'm not trying to disparage what y'all are doing. Y'all are putting in a great show, but uh, it's kind of just trying to understand why that gap suddenly exists when it's for so long the LCS has, has kind of was surpassing LEC. Yeah, I mean, look, we lived in a world where both leagues were like relatively stagnant and then they did a bunch of stuff before we did and they kind of, you know, that shoots up. Um, I think that you're going to see, I, I think you, you're going to see more coming from us in the coming months and I, you know, like I said, I hope that perception gap starts to close. I, I know you're not, the, I mean, that's the, like, that's the fun thing about the community, right? Even when you, when you go and read stuff on Reddit, that's like, I mean, blatantly trashing stuff that we do, like most of it doesn't actually come from like a mean spirited place. It comes from the fact that we have a really large and engaged fan base that like wants wants to see everything done well and wants to see high quality and wants to like really be sort of proud of the the thing that they love and they hold us to a, a high standard so like we you know you take the you kind of take that all in right the it, it is a fuel for us you know and when you get those threads that are you know talk about how good proview is or talk about how you know how the new how cool the new champ select is like those are those are nice high points for us so uh, just a couple of things people are pointing out in chat uh, Diego243 says, why is he talking about the Star of Spring split being overblown? Did he forget that we had no hype videos promoting LCS? I think he's talking about uh, Summer. Yeah, I mean, look, the um, I, I, did, I did not forget. Um, so going into Summer, like, we never want to fall into a world where like, everything is just sort of a cookie cutter. So you know that like a week before the season starts, you get a hype video and three days out, you get a bunch of um, stills on Twitter. And then, you know, the day before you get the weekend hype video, um, you know, we're, we're trying to find ways to kind of, you know, surprise and delight. Um, one of the things we had coming into summer, especially because we went first was ProView and Team Pass and kind of the high we got from that. So um, you'll see a bunch of promotional stuff around ProView, cool stuff like the video they did with Doublelift. Um, you know, we've got a we've got a bunch of sort of other stuff coming, but um, we didn't. We were the first one out. We just we just decided not to go with the the big hype video this year. Um, and then Lazink says, uh, "I'm hearing," or he says, "Sorry, but I'm hearing Commissioner speak." When the LCS has a year before the LCS with franchising, um, well, I'll make it a little nicer. Uh, why yeah. Why is it that we saw, you know, why is it that LEC, who franchised a year later, seemed to have a stronger year coming out than LCS, which franchised like a year before? Yeah, and it's it's exactly for that reason, right? We... I was hired at the start of 2017. We immediately jumped into um, the team had been doing some work before I got there, but like we jumped into building out franchising and the application process. And we got through the whole thing. We were, you know, LPL was franchising at the same time, but we were sort of figuring it all out as we went. November 2017 hits, everyone signs their team agreements and we have a league. And like at that point, we needed to kind of get the infrastructure in and, and get off the ground and, and get running. Um, LEC had the year where we were kind of figuring out what franchising 
look like and was supposed to be to get a bunch of pieces in place. So like, should, should the LCS have taken an extra year or started a year earlier building out that, that infrastructure? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like hindsight makes that, that super clear. Um, but we didn't, and we kind of are where we are. So, you know, the LEC's franchising um, agreements look a little bit different than ours, but like they certainly had the benefit of everything that, that we went through and kind of getting up and running um, as in, in addition to the extra year of time to make sure that like, you know, their, their BD was ramped up that, you know, they had a bunch of things in place that we did. So. Yeah. Uh, two, two, two questions. One, can you just say that you're not affiliated with clash so people understand that because Twitch chat keeps asking about clash. Right so if you could just say you yeah, have nothing. No, to do I, with... Yeah. I have, I have nothing at all to do with clash. Okay. Second thing. Um, do you think, uh, when franchising occurred in NA, it wasn't really presented as like rebrand, you know, it was like an evolution, I guess you would say like, uh, that it's a new business scene, but still the same product in a lot of ways to the viewer. Do you think it should have been, um, sprayed with like a, a new fresh coat of paint to be like, bam, it's all new and cool the way LEC when they franchise also kind of redevelop the the broadcast product as well yeah i mean the the success they had has been great um and they you know they kind of built out like if if we have other regions now that are looking at franchising i hope that they can take the lessons that like we created in north america and the and that you know europe built on and, and did better um and can do something even better than that but there certainly would have been a benefit of unveiling 10 new teams several weeks after Jacob released them on his Twitter, but <laughs> unveiling 10 new teams and, and having a glossy new package around it. Um, yeah, I mean, that, cause that was, I think just to kind of expand on what Mark was saying, I think if you could go back in time, would you maybe not rename the LCS, but go through and be like brand new LCS and like have the, the broadcast package feel different and all that stuff, because it does feel like LEC, really was able to like reset the clock on and in a way that LCS wasn't able to this year. Yes. I mean, there's like, with the benefit of hindsight, it's like easy to look at the successes that LEC had and say like, oh, the difference between what we did in North America and what they did in Europe is like they wrapped their league in a, in a rebrand and changed everything coming out of the gate. It was really successful and they did a great job and you know in hindsight if i could go back to the start of 2017 we would have folks who were working on that that could have you know rolled that out at the same time as we as we finish franchising yeah but you learn right i mean that's part of part of building a business jazzy jazz any other uh, thoughts or questions no i mean that basically wraps it up i hoped we see uh some new things come out of lcs because i know i want it a lot of the fans want it so i'm looking forward to see what you guys do Awesome, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Have a good night. Moving on to the next caller. Um, as Mark goes down there, a couple uh, more shout-outs. Ribbon Shoe for the 13 months. Mr. Dogs called, or my dog's called Jinx. Box Boy. Schleppard. Killing You Guy. Hey, I'm Rabid. Nemsick for 21 months. Holy moly. Uh, Fernks19 sent 500 bits. Uh, Bun Beat resub for four. Julian LOL. Nephiloid for four and Hottie Gaming. Hey everyone, just a quick break uh, from the show because I have a little sponsored segment here that we're gonna put it in. It's actually me and Avli, a guy named Courage, which 
you may know him. Uh, he just joined Hunter T recently. Anyway, we're all playing Brawl Stars. Uh, it's a bit of a sponsored segment for this show, and I'm putting it up on social. Uh, these type of sponsored things really help uh, keep everything running, and actually the funds from them frequently go to uh, new projects that I have that maybe don't have sponsors. So anyway, thanks so much to Brawl Stars for sponsoring this. Thanks, everyone, for watching it. It's about two minutes long. I uh, hope you enjoy it. I, I'm just curious who's going to get star player. Probably me. I'm going to swing around the right yep. side. We got, we, got, we got number advantage now. Bears out. Bear. Oh, I, yeah. Drop the turret. Yeah, yeah, easy. I like easy, this move. Man. I was the star player. Yeah, we're carrying. You okay, we're carrying. I am we're so good at this game. Everything. Holy moly. <laughs> nice. Oh my god! Oh! And this one too, this one too! By default, right? More oh, that's us. That's us. I don't feel like I'm gonna get star play. Oh, Amelie got star oh, play. That's me, that's hey, courage. Actually, not even kidding. No, no, she hard carried. Wait. Boom! Straight Boom. on their thing. Straight on their thing. I mean, their base is absolutely had better days. They got this one cornered. Free! That's an effort. Once again, star player. You know what? Hey. Hey. Something wrong. There's something wrong with the uh, calibration. Yeah. Oh, big, oh, big numbers beautiful. right now. It's big beautiful. numbers right now. Big numbers right now. Come on. Get him to it. What percent? What percent? No. That's so good. Oh, let's hey, go. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no worries. I got uh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Who's star player? One more time. I think that's two for Ovly, two for me. I'm trying to remember how many for Courage. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Got him. Nice, 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 nice. Stun plus my A long range. I love that. Please just keep stunning everyone. Another roll. Bye. Oh my god, we're just wrecking our base right now. Yeah. And we win. Boom! Yo, that wasn't even close. Oh, again! <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get the stun, then Travis does it. Don't raise You know, it's very strategic. You just use the yeah. brute force. I, I think on another right. level. Thanks, everyone, for watching my Brawl Stars match. I taught Ovly a lot on her birthday. Nope. I'm glad I could carry her. That was a great birthday gift. Um, Jesus. And we got Nikleos on the show right now. Nikleos, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, first off, where are you calling from? Uh, Santa Clarita, uh, California. Wait, did I? You, you've been on the show before, and I've not said your name correctly, right? Like every time, yeah. It's Nikleos. It's, it's a, wait. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, so you're calling from Santa Clarita. <laughs> what do you want to talk yeah. about? Uh, I wanted to talk about how. A lot of players complain about the season length uh, generally being too long um, between events after the season starts. But once World happens, a lot of them complain about the break being too long and they're just kind of sitting there doing nothing or they have nothing to do because all they do is play League or they play other games and they just run out of, like, they have no drive really during that break. So I was thinking, has what are the ideas around like maybe shortening the amount of time it takes to do a split to six weeks and putting three games on every weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you have, you know, you have on each split an extra three weeks that you could put at the beginning or end to give the players a longer break between after the year starts between events. All right. So this, this question is about the, the tale of two teams. So let's think about, um, we'll think about team liquid. Uh, they started their season in January. They made it through to finals. They went to MSI. They came back with a fast turnaround and go through summer split. Now let's just kind of play it out. Like they go to summer finals. They, you know, maybe they win, maybe they lose. If they lose, they go to the gauntlet. Like presumably they wind up at Worlds. Um, 
And then at least one or two of those players probably wind up at All-Stars, right? So it's like really like the story of double lift. Like that guy is going to play League of Legends from, depending how far they go at Worlds, assuming they make it there, from January to December. Like in generally when we like talk about this internally, we used to always focus on Faker because he was like, he's kind of the obvious poster boy for it. Um, that's grueling. Like there's a couple of like, there's a week here and a week there between um, spring and MSI and, you know, in some years MSI in summer. And then some of the better teams don't have to like, if you're, if you're a higher seed, you may not have to go to world's play. And so you get a couple weeks there, but a lot of those teams are using that time for boot camping anyway, right? C9 wasn't at MSI, but I think half their team was in Korea for, for the whole break boot camping. Um, it's, it's like, it's a really grueling schedule on the flip side. Like imagine the team uh, that doesn't make playoffs in either split. Their guys play from January until March uh, and then play from June until August. So they get half the year off. So at the end of the day, like who are you solving the problem for, right? As fans, like we have, we have good shit to watch for the whole year. Um, so you're not really solving for, for fans. Um, like you, it's hard to solve for the, the pros that, that are taking six months off and like are, are the ones complaining that like they wish they could get back to playing competitive games. Um, and it's hard to solve for the teams that have to play for the whole year because there's so few of them globally. Um, we've talked about a lot of different things, right? Like um, I think the LEC is, is doing something great around Rift Rivals. Their, their teams are going to come back and they built in a bye week. We just, we in our schedule in, in LCS didn't have time for it based on when we were holding our, our summer finals. And we have a need in North America to try to avoid Labor Day. We haven't done it in the past, but when you hold an event on Labor Day, it's twice as expensive and half the people show up because it's a holiday. So we needed to do it beforehand. So we still had time to run the gauntlet. Um, so like those are great things, right? Kind of trying to build in those break weeks. We've talked about doing potentially a longer split, but using an NFL style schedule where like some teams get a bye week. Um, it's easier to do with 12 teams than it than it is with 10, and we're not expanding. So at least right now, so it's hard to hard to hit that. Um, so then if you start to think like, all right, how do we deal with the players who have all that time off? Like uh, I've seen a narrow kind of floating around in chat. Um, those guys put together um, some kind of off-season in-house games that they were streaming for a while. Like that's been pretty effective at, at making sure pros are getting some kind of you know competitive matches and aren't you know stuck grinding out solo queue. Um, we've talked internally about ideas like fall ball, um, where you you have some period of time. Uh, for the teams not going to Worlds where they can like break into some of those in-houses and maybe do a league. Uh, but that stuff gets complicated with like pros who want to travel and actually take some time off or, you know, teams that are, are skittish about um, their pros being in some kind of formal league and then kind of dealing with, with everything that comes around that. But it's stuff we talk through. Um, but again, like you're trying to solve, like you're trying to solve multiple problems at once and that, that makes it hard. Like when you shorten the split and you add a longer break the teams that aren't going to make playoffs instead of having six months off they wind up having like seven and a half months off or eight months off uh, that, that actually feels worse for them although at the flip side you solve the problem for the you know you solve the team liquid and skt problems well you don't need to make the you don't need to make the break happen earlier you can just create a larger gap between say like rift rivals in the second half of the split and msi and the first half of the summer split you can move those extra weeks there instead of putting it at the end so that the break still stays the same amount. 
and then with the first with the spring split you could move that up to start maybe a little bit sooner like kind of reschedule some of the other events around it because you have if you shorten the splits both of them then you have six extra weeks of time to play with yeah i mean you wind up like when we plan our North American calendar, we still have to plan around the global calendar because um, it's, you know, you can't go to the LPL with 16 teams who's already running games like four nights a week and ask them to condense their calendar even more than it is. So, like, you can't change the global calendar. So if we wound up just changing the calendar in NA, you, you wind up with big gaps where there's no LCS, but you still have LEC and um, LCK. And then, then the, the conversation turns into... Like, why aren't you just playing more games? So just add a third night and do a triple round robin and get the guys more stage time or, you know, move to BO3s and, you know, get more competitive matches so that players are better trained for, for international events. Like, there's a lot of... It, I, I'm not disputing your point. Like, I, I think it's a good one. Um, it's just... It's, it's an equation with a lot of variables in it. And when you start to change one, like, you have to worry about all the others. Is there any hope in sight for either of the players, though, for the double ifs of the world or the, uh, I, don't, I don't know who to make fun of, the players that don't make it uh, beyond uh, to playoffs? Like, it, sound, it sounds like there's no solution that works for either of them, right? There's a lot of conversations ongoing. Like, I don't have something on a whiteboard that we're trying to, to execute on. Um, it's easier to solve the problems for like the academy players who don't even have an option, right? They're, they have a guaranteed six months off. Um, it's easier to create some competitive stuff for them than it is to relieve some pressure on um, on like the, the better teams and the star players. But there's, there's a lot of conversations going on around the global calendar and what it looks like and um, how it all fits together, but nothing, nothing imminent. So we, one of the things that uh, got Mark and I in hot water uh, two weeks ago was talking about if the bottom half of Europe is better than the bottom half of North America. I just saw in chat a second That's ago. That's how we settle it. So I saw somebody in chat a second ago talking about thrift rivals. So <laughs> is there a world like that seems to be a solution, right? You can, after MSI, you give like the top teams a little bit longer of a break or whatever. And then you bring out the players that the teams that didn't make it to playoffs and they duke it out. And then we know. Yeah. What happens <laughs> if uh, our shit teams beat their shit teams? And so even though G2 beat TL, we know that overall, you know, we're stronger. 100 like Thieves beat Rogue. If you, if you stack rank the 20, the 20 teams, like our bottom teams are just above their bottom yes, teams. Yeah, we have a stronger league. Overall, I will bring I will bring that back to the to the team. Okay. Make sure the thrift rivals is the term that you use. Yeah. It's a really good. That's what sells it for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, it does seem though like that. Even if that's a ridiculous idea, some sort of situation like that where you can help give some of the top teams some time off while the longer team, or like the the bottom teams, have to like struggle through to do something or. You know, I don't know. It just it feels like there's got to be something uh, there because I I got to tell you, uh, I have a very good friend of mine who was talking about how burnt out he felt going into the first week of summer split. And that is not what you want to hear from the guy who you're putting three videos out promoting the start of LCS. Um, you know, that that guy's burnt out going into his first week. So that's, yeah. I think, one of the things that I 
I worry about. Yeah, uh, and it's it's the the summer schedule coming out of MSI was really tight and really rough. Um, you know, we heard a lot about it from that particular player's uh, general manager, who had all sorts of thoughts about how early the, the season was starting and, and the, the bad position it was putting them in. And, um, you know, it's something that we're, something that we're, we're trying to work through. I, I think like when you create gaps, like a, the gap between MSI and, and the start of summer split, like there should be some break time built in there. Um, but if we make the gap between MSI and the end of spring split longer, a lot of teams just fill that with boot camps. And like when you make the gap between summer split and worlds longer to try to give people a break, like they just fill those with boot camps too. Um, so some of the some of the solve isn't changing the schedule, but also working with our teams to make sure that like they're creating a, a system that's sustainable for the players. And like I know that, and, and I think it was Peter who talked about it at the end of last year that he plays better when he can you know disengage from the game for a couple of days um and like get the rest um rather than burning out um you know i i think that's that's an important thing for our schedule to allow players to do but we have to work with teams to make sure they're also giving players that space like i know when tl came back they gave the guys a couple of days off to try to beat jet lag and refresh but getting four four days off after a month in vietnam and, and taiwan and coming back and trying to get in shape to get on stage at week one. It's, it's a, it's a tall order. Yeah. Could, could Riot do anything to like artificially restrict the teams from scheduling scrims in that first week so that they have to give their players the time off? Could we, I'm trying to think through our, I mean, I mean I'm like sure I could, could write a rule that, that just restricts it. It's hard to enforce. Um, especially if you have teams that are like, all right, well, it's like the same way we used to get around it in high school athletics. Like you weren't allowed to practice before a certain date. So the players would organize it. And we would do it ourselves. Yeah, OTAs but, basically. Yeah. Right, but you, and there was you always can't be pressure. responsible for like what the team you're not, I think you're trying to solve the problem for both ends, but the teams are also responsible to themselves. Like if they want, if they, if the players elect to do that, that's different than you saying like, we would highly suggest slash rule that you sh you don't do this and maybe impose like a fine or something if the if the teams make the players do that but they can still elect like they still elect to play solo queue every day there's like, a, a, a agree if you want to reply to that and then we'll probably move on to the next caller yeah there's um there's it's how you really define being forced to like i didn't go to two a day baseball practices in high school without a coach because I wanted to, I went because the rest of my team went and like, if you don't show up, you're the asshole. Uh, I don't want to create a world where you have like a veteran player saying, Hey guys, we're not allowed to practice with the coach, but we're all going to get together and we're going to like play, you know, play as five together to start to, you know, continue to build teamwork um, and, you know, create a scenario where players don't feel like they have a choice and the, the star players doing it because the org tells them to like, I, I recognize I'm pretty far down a, a negative rabbit hole, but like those are the those are the things we worry about. That when we put up barriers, like all we're doing is is kind of creating this world. People are going around them, and I think we need a more holistic solve for this in working with teams to kind of carve schedules out rather than the league making rules and finding people and and kind of setting up that that prohibition. And the other thing I'd throw in here because I think it's easier for me to say this, is like, it's also on the players to fix their own problems a little bit. Um, so 
you know, they're supposed to have a player uh, uh, representation. The association, yeah. So, like, it's, if they really need to make these changes, like, they need to start pushing back on their own as well uh, because it's, they're the ones who are most affected by it. So, you know, I don't want to say, like, ah, it's the player's fault necessarily, but, like, if this is something that's killing Doublelift and killing Faker and killing Rookie and the Shy and all of them, like, they gotta they gotta start figuring out how what how to help themselves a little bit. Hey, uh, Nick, thanks for calling in. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it, and thank you for responding to questions. Yeah, yeah, man. We got Dude, one... my internet's going crazy. Do I sound like a caller. robot sometimes? Mine goes crazy too. Looks like we got one more on. caller coming in in just a second. Um, I'm gonna give. Oh, I think Mark's box somehow got met. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, looks like we got. Wait, did I lose say it. Doctor Jiggy. Oh yeah. Well, yes. Uh, that he's here now. I was shouting out other people. Doctor Jiggy. Oh, Doctor Jiggy, uh, where are you calling from? Uh, Denver, Colorado. Oh wow, you're loud. Okay. Uh, I'm going to turn you down. Denver, Colorado. Uh, sounds like an amazing place to hold an LCS finals. What uh, What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So my question was, is there a plan for geolocation across the LCS like there is an Overwatch? Uh, the way that like Clutch Gaming has so completely submerged themselves into the city of Houston and Texas in general, uh, it seems like it's been phenomenal for the org and that fans can connect more with them and feel more pride in liking them because of that. I think you mean Philadelphia. I heard they've, emer they've submerged themselves in Philadelphia. Uh, anyway, go, go, now. go, go back. <laughs> Creely, uh, any any thoughts on this? Well, I'll point out first that Sherman is from Texas and is clutch gaming. Um, a as a result of their their connection to Houston, uh, so I'm going to give you the generic answer because uh, I don't have a I don't have a better one. We're spending a lot of times talking to the teams around what regionalization could look like, um, whether it's you know kind of whether it's nothing, which I I, I doubt will kind of be the long term. Um, whether it's soft geolocation where we associate teams with regions, but they continue to play in a central studio, uh, or whether it's something closer to the current Overwatch model where where they're uh, you know in city, the you know the the issue with going to a full regional model and like there's obviously a lot of different ways to do it. You could do like a WWE traveling roadshow that's in Houston one week, in New York the next week, and and kind of moves around, um, or you know kind of the true home and away conventional sports system. Um, but if you move to that system where, you know, um, TL is in DC and they're hosting TSM one weekend, um, you wind up going to a different format, which is fine in that system. You're probably in like a best of three or best of five. Um, maybe they're playing all of their games for the year kind of on back-to-back -back days, but you're, you're relying on those two teams to sell that arena out, which is probably bigger than the current LCS arena. Uh, and do it multiple times in a year. Um, we're not so sure, and I'm not sure our teams are, are confident um, that two two teams playing across the country on a single day, like you know, two teams in five different cities, um, can you know kind of create the kind of economics you need to stand up all of those studios across the country. But we're continuing to look through it. You know, the benefit of LCS franchising is 
bunch of NBA teams. Those NBA teams have a, a pretty good and, and other conventional sports teams, but the NBA folks are, are pretty interested in this. Um, they have a lot of models in terms of how arenas work and merch can work and pouring rights and parking and all the other stuff. And as you try to figure out whether you can build out uh, a sustainable long-term regionalized business model. So we're working on it, um, but I don't have anything more specific to offer. But Greeley, Overwatch League is going to do all this next year. Why can't LCS? Never mind. I, I won't force you to answer that question. Uh, but I, it's I'm super fascinated to see how that goes. Um, Doctor Jiggy, do you have other follow-up questions on geolocation? No, I think he answered that perfectly. Thank you very much. That's so so quick and easy. So, what Greeley, do you have uh, teams that are? that are pushing for it or is there interest internally i think there's there's teams that have uh an interest in exploring it so like there aren't teams that are like you know hey we've got an arena like how soon can we get you know uh, nine lcs games in every weekend um but there are folks who have um you know have space have sponsors have um you know folks in the org who can run arenas and they want to spend a lot of time you know, both watching what Overwatch is doing and having conversations with those teams to understand like what's going well and what's not, and also building out our own models to figure out like, hey, are there, like, is there a system where we could have, um, you know, two arenas instead of just the one in, in West LA, or we could have four arenas and we move between them and it spreads League of Legends out to more people. And how do you kind of decide where you go? Like the logistics at the end of the day are easy. It's, there are people who are very good at, at logistical work and you hire them and they make all of the travel and all the other things happen. Um, figuring out how to put on really good broadcasts from you know, multiple locations and make sure that fans are getting a great experience and that fans are showing up like that's a it's a different beast. So, uh, all right. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Were you going to ask a serious question? Because I wasn't. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Um, so I, a lot of this we're talking about is, is about actually having like physical locations or um, teams, you know, building a stadium. I got to say, like, I was a huge skeptic of the Overwatch League model when they came out where it's like, Stop okay, so location. Yeah, yeah, where all these guys are based in Burbank, and you're like, okay, so they're like the London team or the New York team, but they're only playing in Burbank. But it seemed like, I, I guess I don't have any uh, hard evidence on this, but from just uh, you know looking at it, it felt as though people really adopted that and rallied around it, and it still somehow magically worked. Uh, do you think there's a world where even if you know we're potentially years out from something where you have arenas in different cities that you do soft geolocate? Yeah, we, I mean, that's that's a model we talk about a lot more because that so the, there's two reasons you regionalize. One is to unlock local revenue. Like when you look at the Yankees, like they have some national sponsors, but when you walk around Yankee Stadium, it's like the local Toyota dealer, the local you know WB Mason. Like there's a lot of local sponsorships that that really keep um, conventional sports afloat. Uh, and the other is fandom, right? The I'm a Yankee fan and a Giants fan because I grew up in northern New Jersey and like that's just, you know, how you gravitate. Um, it was easier, I think, for Overwatch to hit the fandom model because they required new brands for everyone coming in. So like no one had ever heard of the Fuel or the Excelsior Fusion, you know, the rest of the teams. Um, so when you associate them with a region, right, it all makes a lot of sense. It, it's harder for me to take like Cloud9 and and throw a throw a region in front of them right now they're the 
you know, San Francisco Cloud9 or the New York CLG or the Washington DC Team Liquid. Um, I don't know that we would necessarily try to do something as like hard tied as that, but I could see a world where we, you know, tell Team Liquid, uh, all right, you're gonna, you have the DC area uh, and you can do a bunch of fan activations there and like we'll carve out some broadcast time for local activations or local sponsors and anyone watching from the greater DC metro area gets served a team like with a local ad and you can kind of hit those markets like that's all that's all stuff I think is is interesting and, and can bring fans a lot of value. All right, here's the fun question. Assign each team right now to a city. Uh, what what speaks to yeah. you for each team? All right. Um, so you send hundred thieves somewhere in the Midwest, like uh, Detroit or Cleveland, like just based on the Dan Gilbert relationship. Um, you put the FlyQuest into Chicago or Milwaukee based on the Bucks. You put CLG into New York based on Madison Square Garden. Um, you put Golden Guardians up in San Francisco um, because of the basketball team. You put uh, Clutch into Houston uh, so that one's easy. Philadelphia. Um, you, you run into problems around um, like TSM and Cloud9. Uh, I think you, if you assign, if you don't make like uh, LA kind of a Switzerland, uh, you probably put one of those teams in LA and send one of them to New York. Um, Optic gets the Dallas area based on their ownership groups um, and their, their sort of other connections. Um, you got so let's see, Echo 100. Fox left. Yep, Echo Fox, like you either leave in, in LA, like um, Rick is from Toronto, you could potentially put Echo Fox into Toronto, now you have a Canadian team. Um, you could also put them into Miami. Um, I think I think kind of any of those would work for, for Echo Fox. Um, team Liquid? TL you put into DC, probably, or potentially Florida, just based on their ownership group. Um, they're also a candidate, I guess, to leave in LA. Is that everybody? I think so. Uh, I feel like chat would call it out. Chat, are we forgetting anybody? You didn't give Boston a team? What the fuck? Who am no, I supposed to cheer for? Fuck Boston. Come on, man. <laughs> Mark, you'll just continue cheering for whoever gives you the most gear. Yeah, of course. But at least if I can rep it in my own where I go home. Wait, wait are, you in, are you in a, you're in a Cloud9 chair now? I'm in a Cloud9 chair right now, yes. All right, fine. Jack can go to Boston. It's closer to London anyway. There we go. Would you put TSM in? Uh, would you ever do like two teams in a city, uh, just because like they're like TSM with the whole Bay Life thing? Uh, you know, I don't know what it was like growing. Well, I think up in the New Bay York Life thing is dead, Jets but Jets. I think the the stronger argument would be LA. You could probably have two LA teams. Well, you sure. Could okay. Two in New York too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. That's a good. That's a good question mark. I'm glad you asked that. Oh yeah, C9 C9 won the Boston Major in CS:GO. That's right. That's a good it's a good place for them. There you go, Mark. You got your Boston team. I, I like C9. I'll take it. Doctor yeah. Jiggy, he says from a C9 chair. Doctor Jiggy, uh, is there any final thoughts on this? Are you anything you want to say on the way out? Uh, no, I think that uh, like what you were saying earlier about how you can kind of still have them all be in the same place if you needed to, but have them be branded with the other cities and things like that. I think that you really, I, I think that that's a very good option or idea as well. And that's all I got to say. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you so much. Thanks, dude. Yeah. 
The Los Angeles TSM of Anaheim, says L. Blunt Dealer. <laughs> uh, an Angels fan for sure. All right. Uh, I think that's wrapping up the show. Uh, Mark, do you have anything you want to shout out? Any plugs? Uh, I think there's a couple things, but I can't talk about them yet. Really? What is it? I think so. Is it offline stuff? No. Some of it's offline stuff. Some of it's personal stuff. Is it stuff that um, uh, you haven't told me? I don't remember what I tell you, to be honest. You better tell don't me the personal stuff. Yet. It's not I was, personal. Uh, it's like, do you yeah. want to talk? We I've, we've, we were going to talk about your wine situation from this past weekend. Oh, I, I did go. I mean, that should have been in the intro, but whatever. I went, uh, yeah, I went to Paso Robles Wine Country. It's officially wine country, I learned, in 2007. The AVA, I think it's called, said they were wine country. And uh, I got really drunk, day drinking, passed out. It was like a probably a 12 hour day all things considered with how much i was awake uh, it was great i would recommend it and now i i can answer a very few questions about wine as opposed to zero questions about wine commissioner Greeley, have you been to paso paso robles is that what's called i i have not okay. I do my uh my wine drinking at home okay yeah you, do you get to go anywhere now that you have kids um Yes, but they're all like kid friendly uh kid Disneyland. friendly trips. Are you are you a white wine drinker? No, I'm a I've, I've always been a California Cabernet guy. I'm very generic. Yeah. You should go to Paso Robles then. That's what they're known for. Oh, all right. Got a lot of them. I really like Malbec's. Recently becoming more a fan of uh Australian wines as well. That's uh that's a recent thing for me. Anyway, Commissioner Greeley, do you have anything that you want to shout out at at the end of this? Uh, there's a great picture of Mark Z wearing like some kind of onesie jumper and a like a offline house picture. <laughs> uh, I got to start my day with that, so that's great. Um, <laughs> someone in, in Twitter that? said that you guys just dropped Twitter. some merch. Did you guys just drop some merch, Mark? Yeah, we did. Offline TV did just drop some merch. You want to you want to plug your merch? Commissioner <laughs> Greeley, I'll you do this. You keep going. <laughs> Um, speaking of dropping new merch, the LCS did. Uh, you can find that merch at lcsmerch.com. Um, we'll have a bunch of new drops coming out throughout the split. Lots of cool shit coming. Uh, Cloud9 has a really cool pride pin. Uh, all of the proceeds for that go to the Trevor Project. Uh, I think you can find that on Cloud9's Twitter. So go buy some Cloud9 rainbow pride pins and support a really good charity. Um, you guys have a shirt. Purview. My team pass. Yeah, they say, oh, thank you for reminding me. See, you were all, we're helping each other, Travis. Yeah. No one's helped um, me yet, but sure. Uh, oh, yeah, I got it. Buy Alienware computers and use Travis's code. Yeah, okay. Travis Tedoff. That's the, that's the commissioner of the LCS telling you to use my code. Now, again, I was worried about the monetization issues with the LCS. I'm still a little worried considering he's promoting other people's codes over his own, but I'll take it. Uh, the, the shirt... Travis mentioned, by the way, is a Pride Lytics uh, esports shirt. All the proceeds from that also go uh, to the Trevor Project. You can find that at uh, pridelytics.com. I'm going to paste that right into the chat. Um, team My girlfriend Super liked that shirt. Shit, yeah, I, yeah. I got one from uh, from Riot. It's pretty comfy. Um, team Pass is dope. If you tried it with um, ProView on day one and it didn't work, I was told by that team that that is fixed. Uh, so you can go watch the VODs through ProView. It'll 
it'll work for Team Pass. Um, I'm excited for the all the cool stuff that comes with Team Pass. Um, lots of lots of cool shit coming. Watch LCS. Um, watch more Travis Gafford stuff. Watch Mark Z when he casts. Um, Academy's hype Friday nights. Um, and we're also putting um, Academy games uh, last game of every Sunday, so you can catch those somewhere around five Pacific, eight Eastern, and sometime in the middle of the night in Europe. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Uh, uh, for, oh, go ahead, Mark. I just no, nothing. Finish. Great. Uh, glad you provided that. I, I believe tomorrow, probably around three thirty or so, I will be doing a review of ProView on stream, unless something weird happens. But either way, I'll be online doing something at that time. So I'm trying to stream a little bit more on Twitch. And then afterwards, I'm going to play a game with Avali that is not League of Legends, but is not a competitor. So I don't feel bad saying it in front of Commissioner Greeley. Anyway, uh, Mark, what happened? What's going on? Anyway, that's the show, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks to Alien for sponsoring. Thank you to Commissioner Greeley and Sherman for coming on. Uh, thank you to everyone who... Uh, through a sub my way and uh, catch you next week.